you know, uh, the same listener on a podcast and a viewer on YouTube and a view on TikTok, they're all different. And what we found is, man, YouTube, YouTube viewers, they're, they're really good. They're, they're a lot better a lot of times than even Instagram and Facebook. And so I think YouTube is a powerful platform, as you know, you know, our good friend, Sean, you know, uh, talks so much about this and great resource. But, um, you know, YouTube is the second biggest search engine um, uh, next to Google. And I don't think Google's worried about it because they own them. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, and I'm joined uh, by my good friend, uh, a man that I love and admire and respect uh, tremendously, Alejandro Reyes. Alejandro, thanks for joining us. Man, so pumped. So we're just having a conversation about so- the social medias in the church, bro. Like, and there's, there's not a lot of people that I'd rather be talking to. You were actually one of the first people, Niels, um, was you and Sean when I started yeah. looking like, man, I... I, I I love, I love business, but I actually have always loved ministry. I actually thought yeah. I was going to be a pastor, went to Bible school, and realized shortly after that I wasn't. And when I started looking to help the church, you were the first guy I saw. And then I saw Sean. Um, we're all friends, and, um, and, yeah. and you've been killing it. Just got to give you a shout-out because the people that are listening right now, you guys are listening to one of the, one of the best – if not the best when it comes to social media in the church and um, not, not just a smart guy and, and knows a couple things, read a few blogs, but it's actually doing it at a very high level. So I just have to brag on you real quick, bro. Dude, I, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, that means a ton uh, coming from you. And um, it's been fun to, to learn from each other through the years. And, and I think so, so many people don't understand like the conversations that are had behind the scenes and the learning. And, and, and I think one of these I love in this space is, is how, uh, just people, you know, we work together and it is, uh, it's it just, it's been cool to see. And, uh, there's, there's so much, uh, work to be done, uh, in this conversation. And, uh, it's been fun to, to guide this conversation alongside you through the years. Alejandro, for those that aren't, aren't aware of you, you've worn a lot of hats through the years, um, and you do a lot of different things even today. Uh, how, how do you describe yourself professionally? What, uh, how, how should church leaders uh see you and what you do yeah man if i think of identity it's always weird um thinking that as someone that grew up with like kind of a a warped identity but the 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 most simplest thing i could think about is 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 i'm a i'm a husband and a dad that just so happens to love business a lot i run an agency and i love guys i love the local church i have volunteered at churches for 20 years never been on staff uh, came to Tri-Cities, Washington area and um, volunteered for two years. No, never ever thought I'd be on a church staff. And back in October 2019, November-ish, my pastor asked me to come on um, to be an executive pastor. Um, and so I was like, what the heck? Like, man, like you're going to get, people are going to leave your church if they hear I'm an executive pastor. Um, and so I, I help out one and a half days a week. And so so that's, it's, those are the few hats um, yeah. that, I, that I wear, man. I, I like to think of it like 100% business dude, 100% ministry dude. Yes, 
Yes. And I, um, you know, I think there's so many different things in it. And I've, and I've, I remember when I first met you or, or found you, I, I didn't know you were a Christian. You were in the, you know, you were doing so much in the social media space, helping influencers like 10 years ago, uh, early days and, and uh, always doing so many interesting things. And, and then I loved too, when you joined the push pay team and really that's where I feel like um, you and I connected deeply yeah. where uh, you really, I felt like it kind of took the baton of, of running with the leading lead voice into churches in that season and have continued and, and continue to model it through your agency. Um, we are approaching um, Christmas and, and Christmas is, you know, I think we often describe it as the Super Bowl, uh, that yeah. Christmas and Easter uh, yeah. in the church space. Um, and we're facing a new, an, an unknown uh, of what Christmas will look like in this season, Alejandro, you've had some really unique strategies for face-to-face gatherings and how digital and physical have worked. I'd love to hear a little bit about what you've done. And then I want to dig into like, what do you see for this year as churches start planning ahead? No, that's really good. And and this is what I, I told you right before this. I'm, I'm a one trick pony and, and, you know, where a lot of people are just tacticians and every new platform that comes out, they're just tacticians. I'm just not, I'm not wired that way. Like if I have questions about TikTok or new things in reels, I'm, I'm probably asking someone like Niels or Jason Caston, our friend, right? Like you guys are just like, you guys are technologists and, and, and also great business dudes. I, I feel like, um, you know, I've, I've limped on and, and been a slow, uh, you know, slow growth to becoming more of a strategic type guy because of, because of it's funny, our pain a lot of times turns into part of purpose in our life. When I was 11, man, I went to counseling from 10 to like 11, 12 because of some just mess in my home. And I wouldn't talk to the counselor. I've never actually shared this Nils. I went to the counselor and, and I wouldn't talk. And so three or four weeks. And so, so, so the, the, the counselor's like, Hey, what do you want to learn? I said, I want to know what you know. I was 11 years old. I want to know what you know. He's like, what do you mean? I want to know about the human brain. I want to know about what makes people do what they do. And the, the context was there. Like, what would make my stepfather ruin our home? And, 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 and I started to learn, man, at 11 years old about human behavior psychology. And I, I studied that through high school. And I really studied that. And so, so that's what, what when, I, when I think of it, I think of how do, I, how do I learn about human behavior and psychology, not so that I can manipulate. Um, manipulation says, I'm going to persuade you to do what's best for me. I'm going to, I'm going to trick you to do what's best for me. Um, influence and persuasion says, I'm going to actually persuade you and do my best to get you to do what's best for you. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I persuade and, and brainwash my girls when I wanted my girls to read books. I just started talking about, man, did you know the the smartest people in the world, they read books. I'd read in front of them. It got to the point when they were younger where they, they, I had to, they were time out. They couldn't read a book. So, so, so I'm, I'm fascinated, bro, about what psychology and I, and I apply that to, to, to business. And as it pertains to how to market everything, it's kind of a, uh, a really a, a brain in, in human psychology. When we see something, when our brain sees something that, when our brain sees advertising, we check out. And the problem is, Niels, that 99.9% of churches, all they're doing on their social media is advertising. They're 100%. promoting. Yes. Hey, come this Sunday. Hey, Easter's going to be amazing. Yep. Check it out. Um, and that may work for your current audience, but I'm going to say something that is, is actually a good thing your biggest potential audience, one may not even know who you are and they definitely don't go to your church. 
we have a church here in Tri-Cities, about 1,000 people. Well, there's 300,000 plus people here. So the biggest audience, and so if we're just promoting, yeah, we're going to talk to our core audience, but what about our mission and reaching the lost for our church context? Man, like just promoting, they don't even know who you are. So, so Nils, I, I, I think of it like bl- being blindfolded. Most churches are being blindfolded across you know, the basketball court, trying to make a shot on the other end of the court. And that's how most churches are marketing. You know, I, I'm going to blindfold and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pin the tail on the donkey and then like you pin it on his nose. Um, and, and, and what smart churches are doing, I think of it like golf, like imagine a, you know, you're right there at the putt, you know, you're about to putt three inches and you're just tapping. You're just, anybody can hit that shot. And so that's what smart churches are doing. They're figuring out a way to communicate and making it as easy as is possible to invite someone to church. And the way that we've done that is through content. If you look at anybody that we look up to, Niels, like, you know, authors, speakers, communicators, the one thing in common that they've all done is created content. And content is the thing that I think builds trust fastest. And so what we, what we do is we put content in front of churches or in front of the, the local community, local city. We put sermons, we put, you know, quotes, we put episodic type, maybe produced type videos in front of people in our city. And then we advertise to that content. And instead of just promoting content that sells or content that gets people to come, we predominantly put mostly free, good, value-driven content. And now when someone sees our advertisement for Easter or Christmas, a big event, all that stuff, they actually know who you are because there's a part of our brain nails that when we see something I mentioned earlier, it's a defense mechanism. But if you think of the Trojan horse, the Trojan horse that was designed to give a gift, to give a level of value, and they snuck through the gates. That's a lot like our brains where if we can give people content, it feels less threatening to the crocodile brain. Yes. And, and I think so, this, I see where this aligns to persuasion of you're building trust along the way too through this 100%. content of instead of that, just going straight for the cell. Uh, it, you're, you're and you know this with a lot of the stuff that. that you're doing. You do the same thing. You put tons of content. You, yeah. you, you got a podcast like this, you know, but, but why aren't churches doing it, Nils? I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one, it's it's just we've never had to do it. I, I think we churches could just put a billboard at a sign out in front of their building, and people came, and or or, or a little you know, pay $50 a year for your yellow pages ad and people showed up as long as it was a little bigger than the other church's yellow page ad, you were good. And, so and, and so I think that, that we're in a different age now in a different moment, a different time where, you know, before I go to a restaurant, I'm going to go check them out online, you know, and, and, or, but if I've already been like seeing their, their, you know, social media connections or I've seen a friend share about a restaurant, uh, I'm, I'm going to be much more likely than to just randomly Google search restaurants in New York city. Um, and, and so I think it's, it is that, that content that creates that initial connection, which then leads to whatever that conversion step is. But, but I think it's a process, but I think the end of the day, Alejandro, it's hard work. 
And, and I think sometimes we, we want the easy, easy way and people are looking for what's the silver bullet, what's, what's you know, the, the quick fix uh, to this. And, and there's, there's no quick fix that I'm aware of on social media and I've been doing this and you and I have been both been doing this for a long time. So if you find, if you find it, let me know. <laughs> I, 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 there's definitely not. And, and you're right. It's work. You know, um, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, in Ezekiel says he sat where they sat and, and, and it's very, very similar to, you know, uh, this, this idea that I'm talking about is very similar to Jesus's model. If you will, he literally sat, he literally communicated right where people are, are. and, 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 and the, the paying for yellow pages, which, wasn't cheap if you want to do a little bit of advertising, let's just be honest. You know, you sat back and just waited. But this is actually a very biblical approach to going where people are and, and meeting their needs and communicating to them. Jesus didn't go like, you know, talk to the woman at the well and like, hey, we got this, this, this party going on at, at someone's house. It's going to be dope. You should come check it out. No, he just, he met the need. And there's, and, and especially right now, Neil's like, you know, um, you know, domestic violence is up, suicide is up, depression, loneliness, and, and pornography, so many things that are happening right now. And, and, and all we want to talk about is the gospel and Jesus. And I, I get that. But why not, you know, one thing I love that Haley's doing at Bayside is they're talking about parenting in a pandemic. Well, that's very relevant right now so because good. as a yep. parent, I'm, I got kids in the next two rooms right now. And I, I would love some, some help. And so I think the local church fully realized isn't just, let me say this, is preaching the gospel, not preaching the gospel, right? Like through, through parenting in the pandemic and how to make community and how to use Zoom to hang out with your friends and, you know, just becoming the best possible resource in your city. And that would be the closest to me, Nils, of a magic bullet is, I want to build trust with people so that if we're a good fit for them, they come and letting God do the rest. So, so one of the things I hear Alejandro is, is a lot of, a lot of people have listened and, and will say, you know what, I, I went to your session at the conference and I got on social media for a week and nobody looked at anything I posted. Uh, what's, what's your response? Like at, at the end of the day, like just cause you put a video out or you put a, you know, a, a scripture quote out, doesn't mean anybody's going to engage with it. How, what, how, how long does it take? Like what's, uh, you know, what's, what's the process there? Yeah. Me and Neil's just tomorrow we're going to the gym and in a week we're going to take off our shirts online like that just doesn't work yes. right yes. it like you know we we think of we think of social media as this like like you said magic bullet like it's going to solve all of our problems imagine yeah. you pastor or church leader you know when you first wanted to start communicating you know most of us weren't naturally gifted maybe we thought we were but it take it took time and it took where it takes a, 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 you know a baby 9 months to come you know it, it is, that's the way of life is process it, you have to trust the process. And so, so it, it, you know, for those that are kind of like, man, well, you know, we have Easter or excuse me, Christmas coming up ASAP. The one way that you can speed it up and it doesn't take a lot of effort and, and a lot of budget is through ads. You, you know, Facebook and Instagram, Instagram owns Facebook and you can run ads. Now I'm not telling you to go in the ads manager and all that stuff. There's a little boost button right under your, um, your uh, post on your Facebook page, 
you can boost something for five or 10 bucks and that can speed up the process of building trust. Why? Because you can get into in front of more people. Another reason that ads are really important is because engagement is so low right now, especially on Facebook. So, so that's, that's what I would say that it's definitely, it's a process. You got to, and think of it just like processes, like baking a cake. You have to not only follow recipe and get that right measurements and all that, but you, it also takes time to in the oven at a certain temperature and at a certain amount of minutes. And so you have to think of social media like a cake, like recipe, like a process. And if you think that way and think long-term, like, yes, we're going to do well on Easter, but man, these strategies that Niels and Alejandro are talking about, not only going to help with this Christmas, but man, it's going to set up Easter for sure even better. And so what I would say a metric is go all in. If you're, if you're just kind of playing around, go all in until Easter. I think now today is a great time to set up Easter, then come back and complain to Nils, not me. Um, but I promise you, <laughs> yes. if you, if you listen to more of yes. these podcasts and the, the, the guests that Nils have in, in, in implement these, you're going to see some results. I think, I think the biggest takeaway that I, I hope pastors will hear just from, just from that right, right, right there is that consistency is the key. Uh, now, I think, I think a lot of times I hear pastors say, well, I need to get it right. I need to be good enough before I can get on. And uh, I've heard other, I think Sean uh, shared that it takes a hundred times of making a video to you're comfortable being on camera. That doesn't mean you're good on camera, that that's when you hit comfort level. Um, and so the, it's, it's gotta, you gotta, you gotta just push it out. You gotta start going and you're gonna get better and you're gonna find an audience and, and you're going to, uh, you know, build that following and, and, and it's going to convert, but it's going to take time and it's going to take consistency. And then you got to get better. You don't just do the same, put it on an assembly line and go, but you, but you got to keep, you know, really building it. So it's, you know, when, when people are listening to this, it's, it's probably mid November, early November, uh, we're getting ready for Christmas. How, how did, do, how does a church get, you know, like what would be their strategy in November posting content that's going to get people to show up in December. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, pastors ha spend 10 to 20 hours, some of them even more um, preparing for their sermon every week, just, just so that they can preach it one time and it stays within those four walls. And hopefully you've been forced because of the pandemic to go to do more online, like our church of a thousand, you know, that's, we've literally had to redo so many staff titles and hiring and shifts and people are doing new things to make this pandemic kind of church happen. And so, um, so what I would say is, is, is two types of content. One is, um, you know, the Sunday snippets, you know, like just take snippets of your pastor communicating for, for two or three minutes uh, on, a, on a topic, uh, on something, you know, from his service. Then you can, you know, take quotes and scripture and post those. And then, and then you know, you could prob probably have, you know, my pastor loves to cook. So what if he was talking about, you know, how to be an amazing dad over, over grilling some steak and using that as a metaphor? You know, I, I, one, one side note is, is Bayside, they had 55,000 people for their Easter unique devices on their website, not including social media or anything like that. 55,000 unique devices on their, on their Easter programs. It's actually dwindled down to recently, it was like five or 6,000 people over the last couple Sundays. But giving has gone up, Niels, 
And, 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 and the reason it's gone up is because they're doing this kind of episodic type content. They're doing podcasts like this. You know, uh, one of their pastors is good at fishing. And so he fishes and talks. And so it's like, kind of like, we don't go to social media to look a lot of times for church content. We actually look for on-demand type stuff, entertaining stuff that we like, like Netflix. And so the second type of content outside of church content would be like, what is your pastor good at? What is the worship pastor? Yeah. Good at? And, and just get them talking and serving their community. Yes. Well, and I think people like to connect with people. And, yeah. and so often we want to promote the organization of Good. the church, but people want to connect with the congregation that is the church. Uh, and often they want to connect with the leader of, of the church too. And so the pastor, the worship pastor, the youth pastor, you know, the, uh, those people that they see on the platform, if they can build a personal relationship with them before uh, they begin to kind of sit under their teaching, there's going to be a much greater level of trust. And, and naturally, somebody that doesn't go to church that's into fishing is going to see this guy that's into fishing and, and create a relational connection. Um, and so I think that's so smart, Alejandro, where I think we've often thought that the church, we just have one piece of content, music and a message, and that's it. Um, and, and I think there's so much more opportunity if, if we, you know, get creative with it. Yeah, I've, no. I've seen you personally do this even with your family a little bit. What what was some of your learnings as, as you kind of engaged on YouTube specifically with uh, outs, other content, unique content? Yeah, YouTube YouTube is fantastic. Um, you know the you know a lot of people. I, I'm seeing some stats with with. Uh, so we had a YouTube channel, and um, for our context. You know, uh, we had 35,000 subscribers and brands loved working with our family because, you know, we were a specific niche. We were Hispanics and they wanted to target Hispanics. And the funny thing is, you know, uh, the same listener on a podcast and a viewer on YouTube and a view on TikTok, they're all different. And what we found was, man, YouTube, YouTube viewers, they're, they're really good. They're, they're a lot better a lot of times than even Instagram and Facebook. And so I think YouTube is a powerful platform. As you know, you know, our good friend, Sean, you know, uh, talks so much about this and a great resource. But, um, you know, YouTube is the second biggest search engine um, uh, next to Google. And I don't think Google's worried about it because they own them. And so, so people are looking. And the problem is most churches are titling their stuff you know, uh, new vintage church Sunday, nine, 29, 2020. Yep. And yep. so, so start thinking in terms of, you know, what are people searching for and then posting that type of content. But man, I tell you the engagement, um, the watch time, like we got more out of it with a smaller community, um, than even our social media sites. So YouTube, and, and I love it all, but man, YouTube is an undertapped. 100% like an undertap resource for sure for churches. And it's crazy because it's not new. Like it's been, it's been around for so long. It has. Uh, but it is still so undertapped. And, and, and I do, I think that's one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is, is if there's a platform I've seen churches adopt well during the season, it is YouTube. It has. Um, and so that, that is exciting. Think of uh, your YouTube see. channel, like make it look like Netflix. Yep. Like if you go to Netflix and look at like, there's these thumbnails and different, yep. like try to make your, your YouTube channel a little bit like Netflix. Yes. You have some sermons, but put a good thumbnail on there with a good title. Um, you know, have some episodic type content. And, and again, we're not asking produce like Netflix, like yep. this does really, really well. Um, yep. Some of Carrie Newhoff, uh, our, our mutual friend, Carrie Newhoff, some of his best content, the, the, the video that has the most gone viral 
is, is an iPhone video. Over 500, 600,000 people have seen this video, and that's um, bigger than the town he lives in. And so, so, so don't worry so much about production value as uh, Sean says, you know, content value is greater than production value. So, so just as Sean says, just hit record and, and, yes. and, and yes. care. Here's the prerequisite care for people. And that's it. Like just show them how much you care. And when they see like the passion, like me right now, because I care about this stuff, they just like, man, that's, that's actually someone in a church that I think I need to get connected to. And if you don't care about people, you need a new vocation. You should yeah. not be a pastor. Yeah. Um, be a lawyer. So, yeah, go, go be a lawyer, accountant, or, so, or something like that. <laughs> um, so, Alejandro, we're moving into a unique season here. And, and I think we experienced Easter in a way this past year where it's like, okay, we've got to go online. We don't know what to do. Everybody was lost then. Now we've kind of, it's, it's almost like we're getting back into a building and, and different churches are going to have different systems. But at the end of the day, getting a mass audience to show up like we've done in the past of let's get 55,000 people to show up in, in the building and 10 services all packed in and overflow is probably not a reality. And so as we look at these hybrid models, what do you, what do you see that looking like? And how do you integrate your social strategy with this kind of new structure sitting in your seat today as an executive pastor? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, you know, Nils, we're like, we're not like Apple, Um, you know, uh, we're more like HP, where the moment it gets shipped, it's, it's obsolete. You and I are still, and this is the reason I love you, like, we're still newbies, we're learners. And we're still learning this and we're still freaking this out. So different churches um, have different phases. Like our church right now, our capacity, we don't have a big church. So we have a lot of services, just like your church in New York. So, so our, you know, we are only allowed to add 25% 25% people. And there's a constraint there. So a lot of churches, your church isn't alone. There's probably a lot of constraints that you have that are similar to a context like Nils and I may sure. have. Yep. And so, and so, so, so that I, I just go back to right now is a really good time because we have a few weeks away for, for uh, Christmas is to, to really start posting that content out there and start advertising that content that I was talking about, the sermon stuff, as well as the episodic type stuff, boost stuff for five, $10. You know, if you're boosting, you know, uh, you know, $20 a week, that's, that's, you know, 80, $120 a month. It's not a lot. Like stop, stop going to Starbucks a little bit and you'll have the budget to, to do that. And then, and then there's just this really simple invite that three-step invite strategy that, that we use with churches. And it's really simple. And it's, it's first thing is you got to hook them in eight seconds. Um, then you got to tell them why they should come to your service. You got to, you got to give them the reason actually. And then you got to have the CTA. It's your call to action. And it's really simple. It's like, Hey, I'll pass Alejandro here. And in this video, I'm going to tell you about our Christmas programs and why you're not going to miss out. And then I'd go into the benefits. So many churches are talking about, it's going to be great because we have, um, you know, uh, a singer, um, stuff for kids. And it's just like, well, every church has that. So if you want people to connect with you in person, which I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we have more phases in different parts, they probably don't. Um, but if you want them in person or online, you got to give them a reason why. And the reason why you got to be thinking about this, you got to do the work and put in the work. What makes your service 
unique from everyone else. And I'll tell you why churches need to think about this. I was consulting with a church in Seattle and they have this big Easter thing and I was doing some consulting with them and they ended up telling me, man, like, I'm like, what's your unique thing? And they're like, we just, it's going to be amazing worship. I'm like, okay, well, every other church is going to say that. It's going to be, you know, we got some, a program for kids. Okay, great. Check. Every, you should have that. Well, it's like, we have this, you know, uh, I don't know. There's, you know, there's this, we have this Easter egg, uh, this bunny that skydives out of onto like an, e- and I'm like, guys, is there any other churches in Seattle have an Easter bunny sky? And they're like, no, I'm like, that's the thing that you makes you unique. And so what you have to do is two things. One, either think what makes us unique and, and talk about that or pastor come up with something that separates you from everyone else because we want people to show up. And so that's the thing I would probably do is post a, a good content to build trust. And then with people that you've built trust with, show them a promotional invite video on Facebook, Instagram, and the other platforms. Um, because that, that's the, the foundation because Nils, we don't know if, if we're going to be inside fully, we don't know if we're 50% or 75%. We don't know if, you know, something is going to swing the other way and which I don't think is going to happen. And we, no one's inside. So we just don't know. I, what, the one thing I know, I do know is Neil said consistency and trust. And, th- and that's the thing that matters most because if you do those two things, you are prepared and ready to, to promote anything. So, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I love that one, two, three. And I think that three is where I see a lot of churches miss the boat. That's good. They they get to one, two, and three, but that call to action is is where, and and this is what I I learned as well, um, and probably too late um, when, when I was in the trenches, is, 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 being able to communicate with people with that call to action. And so what, what I see churches doing today with, with Facebook Live in particular is, hey, you like this piece of content? Come back Sunday at 11. Um, well, the, it, they've got to remember the website. They've got to remember your name. They've got to write it down on their calendar because who's going to remember on Tuesday at 5 p.m., Sunday at 11 a.m.? Um, and, and so this is where, you know, I think I, I've seen and in, in, we see this in the marketing world all the time. You don't sign up for a webinar or you don't I say sign up. Somebody doesn't say come to my webinar. It's at this website at 5 p.m. They say, sign up and I'll send you the information Uh, because I know you're not going to remember it. I'm going to make it easy for you not to remember it. And you see a restaurant. If you're physically going to go to a place, you go and put an RSVP in uh, because they want to remind you and make sure you're going to show up. And if you just kind of, you know, I'm going to hopefully show up at five, you know, they don't just tell you come show up. Uh, they, They want you to RSVP especially when, when it's a committed uh, event. And so I think as we lead up to Easter, I would love to hear some of your best practices that you've seen along the way in that step three of, of some churches that are maybe really nailed uh, that step. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a couple of things, you know, sometimes, you know, one clear call to action. I think partially what Niels is saying is if you give, it's a paradox of choice. If you give too many, two people too many options they don't indecision happens and we want people to make a decision we want them to take some sort of action at times we're just posting a video about uh, an update and uh, you know or, or an encouraging word and a, a devotional at the end of that it's like hey check us out sunday you don't have to after every video check us out on sunday at 10 o'clock on this website you know go here blah, 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 like 15 different call to actions it could be as simple as like hey 
we'd love to know what you liked best about comment, but it could be comment below. And you could find, hey, comment below uh, and let us know, you know, what kind of content you want us to be creating. Uh, uh, another one is, you know, right now is, you know, click the link below to get registered. We don't talk about anything else, but it's click the link because we have to have people register in order, in order to come in. Um, and and one, thing I w- one thing I will say, you know, best practice for Easter, we were doing Easter at a place where we rented, our church is about 1,000. We got this place that was 2,500. It was really big. It was expensive for our church. And we were going all in. And we did some ads and we had like 50,000 people that watched it and then we had to cancel it. Um, but what happened, what we did was, and this is in, in, in you know, last year, Niels, I know, saw it. Were you even there, Niels? The Tesla, remember the, the Cybertruck? Were you there? Yeah, I wasn't there. I mean, but oh, I watched well, you it. saw it, yeah, though, right? yeah. Sure. yeah. So I thought you were there for some. I, I, you mm-hmm. would go to those. I'm a, I'm a Tesla fan, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, 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 you know, it went viral. It went, you know, you know, it went viral. They built so much anticipation that before they even created the Cybertruck, they had 200,000 of them sold. Year before that, the, the Model 3, I think it was, another 200000 yes, And I got on Alejandro the first day the Model didn't you 3 cancel was it? available. Didn't you cancel I did, that I did have, because I live in New York and you don't, I just yeah. couldn't, couldn't have a car. Uh, Makes but sense. I, but I was like, I'm going to figure out by the time it's out to have a car. I got on on the first day. I was number 350,000. I had to wait another two years before my name came up in the order. Crazy. There was no, I mean, but they built a relationship. Elon Musk had built a relationship with me of trust uh, that led to when he said this, I put $1,000 down without knowing hardly anything about, I think I literally put it down the day before the announcement because they opened up live registration and it was like the trust was there. Yeah, you need to get a Tesla. But, but, but then you look at like companies like Apple, very similar. The greatest companies in the world today, they know how to create demand for an interest and anticipation. And Think of a great movie. You don't see Star Wars on Thursday for this weekend's release. Hey, check out Star Wars. I think Star Wars fans would just, yeah, they would do well, but they promote like a year in advance. And, and all that to say is like, don't just two to three weeks start, hey, we're so excited about Easter. Come check us out. Build a little bit of anticipation. Hint at things. Use a little bit of communication and, 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 and psychology, if you will, to, to build a little bit of buzz and anticipation. Hey, we're excited to release, you know, one of the first guests that we're going to have for our Easter program this year, be on the lookout. Who's excited about Easter? Comment below. And then the next one's like, oh my gosh, you're not going to want it. You know, and you're just hype. I'm like a hype man. I think in another yes. life, I would have been like a hype man. I'm not the number one guy. Like I'm always the hype man for someone else. Yeah. I could be your hype man, Niels. But, but I, I think anticipation creates yes. excitement. It, it, it's like, it's a lot like popcorn. Popcorn, the first one, zero to one minute, no pops. One to two minutes, couple pops, but two to three, pop, 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 pop. And that's what happens when you, when you don't just tell them what it is, but you kind of hint and you get excited and hey, you know, you guys are going to want to know who we have. Can you guess who our musical guest is? And, 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 and and use, all I'm saying is what got you to this place today is not going to help you get to where you want to be because the pandemic shifted so much. And so we have to think in innovative ways to repackage how we're doing things and experiment. That's the exciting things. Fail fast, fail often, fail forward, and you will start to see some fruit. Yep. 
Did you did you see the David Blaine balloon take oh, off thing? Watched it with my kids. I think I, it was I, it, it was the perfect lead up. Oh, it was of, amazing. You know, all the things and then it was kinda like then you want to watch this live event. I mean I think it there's a model for the They were, they were hints, yeah, they were and and, 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 and watch you know, Apple, like pay attention to how Apple yeah. does it. Like they do this event and then like, what are they going to release? And they start leaking stuff. And, and, and again, and people, yeah. people just wait outside still. Like it's, this is Apple 12 or iPhone 12 and people still in their, um, their, their, uh, their, uh, what is it called? Um, when they camp out. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, the yeah. sleeping bags yeah. still outside the night before waiting in yes. line. And why? Because, and, and shouldn't, shouldn't Jesus be that? Shouldn't yes. we be so excited? Shouldn't we get people so excited to want to have that same effort and, and yearning as the woman with the issue? Like she just yeah. had to have it. Yes. And we have the greatest story better than Tesla and Elon and Steve Jobs and Tim Cook. Like we have the greatest story. And so if we got to think it's just not going to just presenting it like that way, it just doesn't, you have to present it in a very strategic way because of people just have a bad taste a lot of times for churches. So if your mission is your community in, in your city, I know a lot of churches are very internal focus and that's fine. A Bible church, is, that's totally fine. But if you're outward focus, you have to think of creative ways to communicate the gospel. And you could do that with, with sermons, episodic content, helping in your community. We're helping a local elementary and that's the gospel. Like we are, you know, we're giving kids in need clothes. They went shopping and like that's stuff we're posting and people love that stuff. And so we got to figure out different ways to communicate the gospel so that when we have a big event, people are just excited about it. And they're excited because of all the good stuff that we're doing in our community. So. Man, that's so good. You got me fired up about, I'm, I'm, ready, for, I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready to see uh, what, what creative ideas uh, church, church leaders dig into this yeah. season. I, I think one of the things that, that we have seen is, is that there are some churches that are, are, have kind of had the mindset, we're going to wait this out. Um, and, and they're oh. probably not around anymore. Uh, to, to be honest, and they, or they won't be True. back. Uh, and there's some that leaned in during the season, and, and those in. churches are, are thriving uh, today, uh, which is crazy to think about. And you mentioned Bayside as a great you know example of that. Um, and, and I think it's small and large churches that, that have seen incredible success during the season. And I think Christmas is not something of like, oh, we've got to just, you know, like, we're just going to throw in the towel this year and next year we're going to come back and do it. This is a time to lean in. Uh, and, and I think uh, you, you can have the biggest Christmas you've ever had. You can have the biggest Easter you've ever, we don't know what Easter is going to look like, but regardless, this can be the biggest Easter your church has ever had. Uh, and you can start planning that today and start planting those seeds today. Alejandro, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for stirring uh, the, these ideas uh, in church leaders. How, how can people connect with you online? Man, best way. I, I love Instagram and Facebook. It's they're both at Alejandro Reyes. And uh, if you have any questions or you have creative ideas that you want to just send them to me and I'd love to like, Hey, I think this is great. Or, you know, and if you have any questions, you know, uh, just feel free to reach out. All right, man. I, I love you. Thanks for taking the time uh, to be on here. Uh, Social media church for show notes. Uh, go leave a rating or review on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever it is you're listening. We'll talk to you again on the next episode.